0: You're listening to the Attract and Stand Out podcast created for ambitious, heart-centered entrepreneurs who want to build real relationships, influence others, and make an impact with everyone they meet. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I'm a mom of four, a wife, a storyteller, dream builder, and a personal branding and business coach. On the show, you'll hear real conversations about what it means to run your own business, what success actually looks like, and how you can overcome obstacles that get in your way. We're growing businesses with less hustle and more ease, transforming your mindset and inspiring you to get moving and to follow your dreams. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, welcome to my mom's podcast. Hey friends, welcome back. Are you ready to create a profitable service-based personal brand and business? Download my brand new workbook and you'll learn my signature six-step process to create a successful business with less hustle and more ease. It's got easy action steps ready to implement into your business immediately so that you can start creating a business that you love. Head over to bit.ly backslash attract and stand out online to download your workbook today. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. I'm your host, Darlene Holly, and I am so excited for today's guest. I have with me Becky Mollenkamp. She partners with women led businesses to provide coaching for existing and emerging leaders. She helps them through delivering inclusive, feminine, through a Inclusive feminist lens. I cannot talk today. Her work focuses on fundamental issues like confidence, communication, and work life balance, all things that everybody who listens to my podcast knows I love to talk about. So I know we're going to have an amazing conversation. Welcome, Becky, to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to chat. I just love when I mess up those intros. I just love it when you start talking and you can't, like, your words and your mouth just can't connect together. But yeah.
1: And then once it starts, it just, like, you just can't stop.
0: It's a downward spiral. And Just for those of you that are listening, I already botched the the intro and we restarted. And so I'm just going to call myself out that I already messed it up once. And then I messed it up twice. And we're just going to go with imperfect because I am by far not a perfect person. No one is. We're going to run with it. (laughs) Becky, thanks for being here. I'm so excited to hear more about your journey and to how you came to do this amazing work that I love that you do, because I love the focus of your niche and how you show up and really support those leaders to really, you know, shine and be confident and to step into who they truly are. And we've talked about this before, but like the, there's no such thing as work like balance. It's all about finding that perfect harmony to show up and really just connect with people and help in a bigger way in the world. So tell us a little bit, how did you get into this work? it's been a long
1: journey so I'm, how far do I go it, back Way back like how, like what's your background yeah my background's uh, I mean the back background is not coaching that's where I'm at now but I started uh as a writer a journalist I have a degree in journalism and then went right into working for a daily newspaper and then on to working at magazine and got a master's degree in mass communication journalism so my background's very much in writing and telling stories However, I do think it sort of helps me in my coaching because it's really helped me learn how to ask questions. As a reporter, I had to ask questions. I had to really understand how to ask questions and how to tell stories, which storytelling can be a big part of coaching as well. But so my background has nothing to do really with what I'm doing if you look at it on paper, but I know that it actually relates really well, but I certainly out of college would have never thought I'd be where I am right now. I thought I was gonna be covering wars. <laughs> Wow. That's not what happened.
0: And there's definitely some wars to ha- to be covered in our time too, which is crazy wild. But I love that, like you say that they're not connected, like they are, but they aren't. But I think there's so much and the storytelling piece to how we work with our clients and how we engage leaders to really step into the leaders that they are. Like so much of their story makes such a big impact. And you're so right about the questioning, like like whether we're nosy or curious. I feel like I was always a curious kid. My mom probably would have called me nosy but like that curiosity that curiosity can play an amazing role in journalism but i think it's just as important when it comes to how we're working with our clients and starting those conversations and
1: digging in so I think it's a huge through line there. (laughs) Yeah, there really is. And it has served me well. And you know, I don't know if you know, um, or if you've ever done any of the quizzes that are like based on Myers Briggs, and what kind of jobs you should have. But I'm an INFJ, and the jobs the all of the ideal jobs for me are journalism was a big one being a reporter being a writer. Being in the clergy, which doesn't pan out for me because I am not religious, so that one wouldn't work. But there's something about that that also sort of appeals to me, being a therapist or counselor or like a coach. So they those jobs are all, they're seemingly very different but there are a lot of through lines i think in asking questions and understanding stories helping people tell their own story being able to help people rewrite stories like all of that really feeds into all of those things helping people come to a better understanding of themselves the world around them i mean that's really what journalism is about as well it's about taking information being able to help people understand that world around them in a way that they might not have without that middleman me being there to help sort of bridge the gap between the knowledge that they're missing and 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 what they already know so anyway I definitely see it now but at the time of making that switch it felt like such a radical change and like I had you know I had to get through my own mindset issues about who I was supposed to be what I was supposed to do you know um you should to be able to get, get there
0: you're, you're supposed to do these things or you should have done this and all that all the pressure we get from the outside world
1: (laughs) yeah I mean that's why I was a I was in my profession before as long as I was because I had declared when I was eight or nine that I would be a writer when I grew up because that's what I got positive feedback about like I was I was just naturally a good writer so I was like well that's what I'm going to do then and by golly I did it (laughs) because I thought I was supposed to because I had said it when I was nine, just for anyone who doesn't know this, you don't have to declare your entire life at nine, it's okay to change, but for some something in my head told me like well this is what I was going to do so I like I have to do this, and so I stuck with it a lot longer than I would have because I thought I was supposed to, and I didn't. Love it, I was good at it, but there's a difference between what you're good at and what you actually love and I did not really love journalism. And so I was happy to leave it, but it also felt a bit like I was doing something wrong or bad because that's not what I was supposed to do and it seemed like a failure to get two degrees in something and have all those years and all of the accolades and, you know, affirmation that this is what you're good at and to say, yeah, but I don't want to do it. That was really hard for me. And so that took me a long time to move through that and allow myself to say, it's okay. I can become a coach or whatever it is that I want to do. I can do something different. I'm allowed.
0: Isn't it interesting how we assume we failed just because we aren't like, we changed paths or we get, we realized this doesn't actually light me up or I'm not passionate about it. Cause I got a lot of pushback when I left my retail management career from so many people that knew me, they're like, you're making great money. You're, you know, you've got a 401k and you've got a steady paycheck and all those things. And I was like, those things don't matter to me though. Like, yeah, they're nice to have. And you know, they, it, it wasn't that I didn't like my job. Like I was good at what I did and I enjoyed it, but it wasn't my passion. It wasn't lighting me up. It wasn't making me, Super excited to get out of bed every morning and go do it. Plus, you know, having kids and everything else mixed in there, like the the retail career was wild hours, and it just wasn't for me. But so many people push back, and I was like, "But you're not like you can do whatever you want to do." Like, you know, when I was I was telling them, like, you know, if you want to stay in your cushy job and you feel like it's fine for you and you're gonna be happy the rest of your life with it, go for it. But I'm like, for me, that doesn't settle well. I wanted something different.
1: Yeah, and it's hard when you feel all of that and don't know what the different is right you just know that what you are what is happening doesn't feel good but you don't know what would and then when everyone else is telling you but what you have looks so good it sounds like it should be good because in addition to the job which at that point being an editor at magazine, I was also making good money, had the 401k, whatever. And I was married, and we had, you know, to somebody who else was doing something, doing really well in their career, and we had a lot of money and like good house and all that. So, like, my paper, looked, my life looked really good on paper. And so, when you have other people saying, Yeah, but look, your name is in these magazines, I can find your name in any grocery store aisle and show it off. And like, it sounds exciting. And I was living a nice life. Wow. To have everyone telling you, you should be happy. And you're not you should be fulfilled and you're not and you don't know why because everyone says this thing should fulfill you but you don't know why it isn't yeah, and you don't but... know what would what would oh. that's so lonely and overwhelming and that was really a hard time in my life and it i i probably would have stayed with my shoulds for a lot longer had it not been for the fact that my brother died, which is really what is like the turning point in my story for getting to where I am now because my brother died of a drug overdose at 30 and I my younger brother. And that was a big wake up call for me and of that moment of holy oh, yeah, life is way too short. <laughs> wow. Life is really short to be living a life that doesn't actually feel good. And I didn't know what it was, what was going to come next, but I, that sort of moment was what solidified for me I can't keep doing this I can't keep going through the motions I can't keep pretending I can't keep trying to make it make feel good I have to do something different so that set me on a journey that took a few years of sort of learning who I am what I want because I don't think I was ever really encouraged to do that no slight on my parents or anyone else but you know when someone self identifies as a certain thing young yeah. excels at that thing young they seem like their whole path is laid out before them and it all makes sense and it looks good. And you know, your parents are proud of you. Everyone around you is proud. There isn't a lot of questioning of like, hey, what do you actually want? What do you actually enjoy? Will this make you happy? And checking back in all along that journey, is this still making you happy? Do you still want this? Do you still like that? That wasn't happening. I wasn't encouraged to do that. So I never really did it for myself either. So it wasn't until my (laughs) thirties that I had this sort of pivotal moment of saying, "I, I can't keep going like this. But what do I do? And then having to go through that discovery period alone, and it took a few years, but then that's what sort of helped me start to make this change.
0: Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. And I don't know that we've ever talked about this before, because I didn't know that part of your story, but like, as you were speaking, like what changed for you, it's, it was, I was mirror reflecting back because I lost my mom. And that was what catapulted me into starting my own business and realizing how short, like everything you just said, like the life is too short. There's got to be something more. I I don't want to like anything can happen tomorrow. And is this the life that I want to say, like at the end of my life that I led and I knew that wasn't what I wanted for me. So I can totally relate to what you,
1: what you shared. Yeah. I mean, I don't want it to have to take something mm-hmm. like that for other people, which is what really ultimately led me to this of like, oh, I can help other women, especially because I think for all those reasons, I just identified about how we aren't always encouraged in the same ways as boys. And then as men, I want to help other women be able to make these changes to find what they really want wow. <laughs> to live a life that actually feels fulfilling without having to go through all, something so monumentally painful first, not that, we all get out of life without having to go through those painful moments but i don't want it to have to be that that makes you say i don't have to do this anymore like i don't have to just learn through what we've experienced yeah i don't have to be the good girl that's really who i felt like i had to be and that my brother's death really gave me the freedom to say i don't have to do any of that i can i can totally live a life that i want to live and in fact i i owe it to him i owe it to everyone to do that i owe it to myself to do that because life is too short. Yeah.
0: And it made me think too, like, stop asking little kids like what they want to be when they get older. And then once they say, I want to be this, like, and then you like hold it as truth, like letting, like asking again, like I have, you know, younger kids that are, you know, eight and 11. And then I have a 17 year old who's about to go off to college. And he kind of knows what he's doing. But I, I have noticed that I've been asking him, like, are you sure this is the path that you want? Like, what brought you here? He wants to do aerospace, aerospace engineering, which totally excites me. Cause it's, it's a big career. It's, you know, it's, he's going to be going to doing a lot of school and he's, I keep teasing him. He's going to have to build me a beach house on Mars. Like there's a lot of cool things he's doing, but I, I keep going back to like, why is this what you want to do? Like, is your heart hundred percent into this? Because if it is awesome, like we're going to support every piece of that but making sure like that this is something he actually wants and it's not just something he feels like he has to do because he's always gotten good grades and he's super smart and somebody put it in his head at some point that this is what he, you know, should be doing with himself. And so it, it just like make, it made me think about that scenario because I think so many times I always feel people ask like, well, what do you want to do when you grow up? To my Absolutely. Dad. And if I was if what I, I wanted to be a marine biologist. And I actually just wanted to swim with Shamu. So I don't even know that I really wanted to be a marine biologist. I knew that was like the through line, but my path got changed. You know, when I got pregnant my senior year in high school and had my oldest son and things looked differently. And when I look back now, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's no way I would get in a tank with Shamu to swim with him. Like that's insane. Like that would never be like, that's not me. (laughs) I'm like, I'm afraid to get in I even in a closed t- shark tank, like I, I'm like, Nope, I'm cool. Like,
1: <laughs> exactly. There's no way I want to be covering a war right now. Like, I see that on the TV and I think those people should go home, like that's not a safe place to be, what are you doing, I appreciate what they're doing, but like no that's not for me either, I know, and I totally feel you like I think that continuing to check in and say, does this still feel good, is this still bringing you joy, do you still like this, so that kids know, and and young adults and adults know that they have permission to say no it doesn't and that means you can change, we talk about consent in all these other ways and like to continue to check in does this feel good before we continue to the next thing Does this still feel good we're teaching kids about that about their bodies, but not about like what they're going to do for their entire lives for work, and I think that is a valid point, you know I, I remember. kids who would be you know change their majors or take six years in college or something and how negatively people would view those folks and talk about them, at least in my world, I would hear really negative things about like, oh, they can't make up their mind. They're so indecisive. They're flaky. They don't know what they want. You know, they don't have any direction. They don't have ambition, really negative things about people like that. And what would that teach me? Well, it taught me that, like, I can't do that. So there was never any amount of questioning. And even if I would have, I wouldn't have felt any freedom or space to act on that, because I would have felt like the world would have judged me as being somebody who was all of those things when all I desperately wanted to be was respected, loved, valued, admired, you know, all the things we all want. And so I would have never said, you know what, I'm just going to take the summer and go backpack through Europe. do I wish now that I had done that? Absolutely. At the time, I didn't think I had that permission to do that. And I think that's sad. And I know I'm not alone in that. So I love that idea of checking in with your kids, with young adults, with your workers, by the way, (laughs) you know, for the people that are listening to our CEOs or, you know, own companies also to make sure that the people that are working for you still like what they're doing. Is this still bringing you joy? Is this still something that you want to do? And if not, how do I support you in finding the thing that does, whether that's with us or outside of here, because you want the people that are you know, feeling the most joy and most reward in the work that they're doing. So I think it applies in so many places, and yet we never do it because I don't think we learn it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely something that I remember because when I was in retail management prior to starting my business, and that was one of the things that I always did was I was like either helping my employees figure out how to move up within the company, or what do they actually want to do, and help them find the type of career that they wanted to go in. A lot of them, you know, in retail management. All- most of my team members were, you know, high school, college age kids. So they were still trying to figure out what the heck they were doing. And I was even pretty young when I was doing that. I was in my early twenties when I got promoted into management. And I remember asking people like, what do you want to do? Is it here? Or is it for another company? Or like, where are you trying to go? But when we ask those questions, it just opens up the possibilities and it shifts people's mindsets. And I know I've been in, you know, a business owner for 16 years. And I would say like in the online space for probably the past, like eight, nine years at this point, I didn't really play with it in the very, very beginning when the online world came on, but there's so much talk, even in the online space business right now about like, who's showing up, how things have shifted. And I've, I've seen so many people step away from their careers because it's not lighting them up. It's not what they want to do. And I love it because they're exploring, they're getting curious, they're asking questions. And to some people they might be like, oh, they failed. And I'm like, no, they didn't fail. Like, yeah, business may have gotten rough. Running a business is by far hard work. And it's not like you don't just make millions of dollars when you're a business owner. Like you have to put in time and energy and you know all those different pieces. And when I see adults who are saying like, this isn't working for me, this lifestyle doesn't work, or you know, it's so
1: exhausting
0: and they're making shifts like that. It's, it's super powerful. I feel
1: like. Yeah. I feel the same way about the great resignation idea of everything coming out of the pandemic and what you're talking about with self-employed people. It's not that people are saying I can't hack it or I don't, you know, I don't, um, I don't want to do this, whatever it's, It is about that. It's that self-discovery. It's people, I'm so excited because what I'm seeing is people feeling the permission to say, I can want more. And I can expect more. I can expect to be treated better. I can expect to have my needs met. I think for so long, that pendulum has swung the other way where it has been so in favor of capitalism and not in the favor of those that are fueling that machine that it has been like you just take what you get (laughs) right and you don't as my kindergarten my son's kindergarten teacher said you get what you get and you don't throw a fit that's which is a great line for little kids but (laughs) I don't think it works for adults. no (laughs) (laughs) right having that idea that like it doesn't I just have to take what I can and I just need to be happy with it ever all the messaging was around like finding gratitude for what you do have and all of that, right? This idea that it's not okay to want for more. It's not okay to say, to not even just want for more, but to expect more, to expect to have your needs met. I think that there's, you know, there's two parts of that process. The first part is being able to just even allow yourself to identify what you want, to believe that it's okay to express that you have wants, because that part is so stifled in so many people, including myself in that time of my life. Like, I didn't even feel like I had permission to have once. So I didn't even know what they were. And that was the part that was scary. Like I knew what I didn't want, but I didn't know what I did. And then once you figure it out, then to say, not only can I want these things, but I can expect them to be met. I can have these needs met. I can, you know, advocate for myself to make these things real. Um, those are two different skills and two different things. And both are very hard, you know, depending on where you're at in your journey.
0: Yeah. And not staying stuck, like giving yourself, like you said, like giving yourself permission to say, I used to love to do this type of work or I used to love to do this type of thing. And it it's not for me right now, like something shifted inside of me. And it doesn't mean that I've failed. It doesn't mean that I've done something wrong. It just means that I've changed over time. And so often we're worried, like, what are people going to say? Like, I was worried when I left retail management because so many people were saying what they thought about, you know, my decision to do that. And at the end of the day, you know, I made the leap and I kind of jumped without knowing what the, if the net was going to appear, or if I was going to be okay, and luckily, you know, things worked out, but it was definitely not easy. I I definitely remember 2 years in my business, I left the franchise that I had purchased as a like I bought a business coaching franchise and I left that. And I was like, but I love what I'm doing. Like they weren't for me. That wasn't for me. And I felt like I had failed. Like I had invested so much money and time and energy into like the, a franchise and it didn't work for me. And I remember you know, just melting. And like, I wanted to, I still want to do this type of work. I had realized like when I went through the process for becoming a coach, like how much of me is a coach just in general. And like, when I think back to high school and different things like that, like that energy was always showing up. And that's kind of who I am as that helper person. Great at asking questions, getting curious, you know, helping people. I was always the friend in high school, but they had a problem. They always came to Darlene. <laughs> They're like, Darlene, help. <laughs> and I want it, like, I felt like such a failure though. I'm like, I started, I quit my really good job, put a ton of money into a franchise, lost it all. And I picked myself back up and kept doing the work that I'm doing. And I'm still here, you know, another 14 years after that, doing the same work. You know, it's pivoted, it's changed a little bit over time, but giving ourselves permission to know that we can do something different. And those failures, like, I feel like, I don't feel like I failed. I thought I failed in the moment. When I look back, I really picked myself back up and dusted myself off and refined who I was and how I wanted to show up and how I wanted to do things in my way, not the way that somebody else was trying to teach me. That was not my style whatsoever.
1: Yeah. You discovered your strength, which is definitely not a failure, right? Totally. I feel that. I mean, and now I think the joy, it sounds like for you as well, probably is like being able to take that time of your life and use it to help other people. So there was nothing about any of that experience that was the failure when it is now Serving in so many ways to help others to be able to see in themselves and to see the possibility and to have permission. All of that stuff like if I hadn't had that journey I wouldn't be where I am and I don't think my work would be as successful as it is. Um, I don't think I would be as powerful as a coach if I didn't have all of those experiences they made made me able to be the coach that I am now and being able to help you know because now my work is really about helping women that are leaders of businesses really say, most of them are people who've reached a point, a breaking point themselves, have reached a point of saying, I thought this is how I wanted to run my business. I thought this is how I wanted to show up and I can't anymore. Like I've been following the rules that have been given to me and they don't feel good. And so helping them sort of get to a place of identifying what do they actually value, what are their values, and how can they run a business in that way, because it's possible, right, and so helping them sort of make that shift and going from that profit first business to a people first business and one that really puts their values um, at the forefront and helping them do that, but I couldn't have done that if I hadn't done all that for myself of, of creating my own life that was about me first, about people first and not just money, because the life I had before had lots more money. I had all of that other stuff and it didn't feel good. And these are women that are feeling that same way and then helping them help their employees do the same sort of thing for themselves, because they, the women I work with that are these you know, CEOs and leaders of these businesses that have all of these employees, they want to do it for themselves, but they just as much then want to honor that value by saying, I can't really live into this value if I'm not also encouraging my workers <laughs> to live into this value. To be able to put themselves first, to be able to have their needs met, to you know identify and then advocate for their own needs, and so that work is so fulfilling. But again, just like anyone, and just like you, I couldn't have gotten to that place without the journey. So it took me a while too. Yeah. But to get to the place of realizing that journey was definitely not a failure. Yeah. It was necessary. Yeah.
0: And I love that you just called it necessary because I don't know that I've used that word before for myself, but you're right. It's so necessary that like each of us come to our career paths with such unique skills and personalities and experiences. And all of those things have shifted us and shaped us into the people that we are. And I know for sure I wouldn't be the person I am today if all the things that I've experienced in my life haven't been a part of my life. I mean, who knows? I might be similar. I might, you know, be in the same, you know, playground for the work that I do and how I show up but there's like we each have those unique through lines and stories that have made us who we are and that's what i think we need to you know always go back to and remember and stay focused on and not think of the things that maybe went wrong in the process and some of them you know were heartbreaking things that have happened to us based off of what we've shared today as stories and that's not the truth for everybody else but we've all gone some through something like recent stats show like 70% of adults have gone through some kind of traumatic experience and i'm like well in the past Two years, we've 100% of adults have gone through a traumatic experience at this point. So all of us have been impacted and all of us handle things in different situations. Like not each of us, you know, handle it in different ways. And we need to remember those things, whether we're working with our teams or working, you know, with our one-on-one clients, how we're showing up and supporting people. We've gone through stuff. We need to be trauma informed and pay attention to what people are going through and how
1: they're showing up and making sure we're taking the best care of them. And those in the process as well. Yeah. And it's not about in the moment trying to find the gratitude necessarily. I certainly wasn't able to with my brother's death right away. And of course, I would give it all back to have him back, right? Like, I think we have to say those things or you feel the need to say that, but I'm able to now with time and distance and all of the work I've done to say, I, I honor that experience as something that has made my life what it is now my life what it is now is nothing like my life was then and so in that way like I feel like it does like my I feel like the life I'm living now honors my brother because he may be gone but that change made all the difference for my life and made my life now something that feels so incredibly good Ooh, I didn't mean to get a little bit of um weepy today I almost got a little teary there but it feels really good to be able to say that but that takes time obviously so like I just feel like I have to if you're if you're in the middle of the muck if you're in the middle of a trauma you know like don't force yourself to try and find the good in it (laughs) but yes I think there's something really valuable to be able to also at some point in your life look back and say like want to honor those things and stop judging yourself for them because some of them too are things like that decision to not be a journalist anymore that felt like a failure to be able to release that that self-judgment and to instead honor that change and say look the life I have now is because of that so that was not a failure that was something that was really important it was necessary to get where I am so I can release any self-judgment I have about that
0: yeah no it's so true and and releasing it and really releasing it is what we need to do because so often we say like oh it doesn't bother me anymore and then you know two months from now six years from now it starts to surface again and when we really give ourselves permission to release it
1: and let it go like we can really move forward the way yeah, because it otherwise it becomes part of your story yeah. I'm the kind of person who right when you when you have these I'm the kind of person who quits things I'm the kind of person who fails I'm the kind of person who, right because of these things that happened in the past that's because we're still holding on to that self-judgment about it so if you're not sure if you've actually released it or if you're just saying oh yeah. I'm okay with it ask yourself is that part of your story is that part of that when you describe when you say to someone else I'm the kind of person who is it stuff that's about that because then you haven't really let it go yet because I don't think of myself as the kind of person who fails I have had failures, quote unquote failures wow. in my life, but I don't think of myself as that person because I've released any of that judgment of myself about it.
0: No, I completely agree. It's like, a, I joke that I'm a recovering um, procrastinator recovering from being a procrastinator. I'm like, I'm still a procrastinator, like that. That is just part of who I am, it's my DNA. Like, if you give me a project, I'm gonna for sure wait to the last second to get it done because I feel like I work better under pressure <laughs> and I do. I thrive in that environment. I'm like, oh crap, I gotta get this done by tomorrow. All right, like, let's let's like down and do it. And so I always joke, I'm like, well, I'm not really recovering. I'm like, I'm just going to start saying I'm a procrastinator, like stop saying that you're trying to recover from it because I've been this way since as far back as I can remember. I remember sending my mom out to help me get poster board project stuff, you know, the night before a project was due. I was like, these things are just a part of who I am and like, why fight it? I know it, it is what it is.
1: And I well then it's about changing the the way you're defining it for yourself or the meaning you're attaching to it procrastinator doesn't have to be a bad word the world's made it a bad word but what it looks like instead is this you're somebody who performs well under pressure that's a beautiful thing right so like it's about reframing those things for yourself so instead of it being i'm a procrastinator i'm the kind of person who procrastinates no i'm the kind of person who performs really well under pressure so sometimes i have to manufacture that pressure because that's when i do my best performance okay right that it's a very different way of seeing your story than seeing yourself as like a procrastinator when we allow the world to cast that judgment onto what that even means.
0: Yeah. No, for sure. And so many times we take what the world is telling us as face value and it's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's I certainly on. did
1: for a yeah. long, yeah, I did for a long time <laughs> in my life for sure. <laughs>
0: yeah, absolutely. So Becky, what's next for you with your business? Like, as you think of like how your business is evolving and shifting and, you know, changing over time, like, what do you see as like the next
1: big thing for you? Well, maybe I'll just like manifest it in, into being by staying saying in here, but my goal now with my business is to be able to bring on more coaches. Uh, so sort of an agency kind of model, but I'd love to be able to have the kind of growth that it would allow me to have a team of coaches that share my perspective on coaching share the sort of feminist values uh, around coaching because I diversity uh, equity inclusion are really important to me their values for me and in my business and to really be able to show up the way I want for my clients and for their employees. I would love to have a more diverse team, so that people can have a choice of the kind of coach that they work with, so that they have the opportunity to have a coach. Who looks like them who maybe has more understanding of their lived experience than i can even with all the information and all of the educating i'm doing for myself and around these issues i still would love to have a more diverse team so that i can show up that way for my clients so that's the goal of what i'm trying to move towards so i'm going to put i'm saying it into speaking it into reality
0: It and it will flourish or will come to
1: flourish. (laughs) I already have at least one of the coaches I definitely want on my team identified, though she doesn't yet know it. um, (laughs)
0: like, we will know. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I love it. And as you've been growing your business, what would you say has been like if you had to go back and talk to, you know, Becky when you first started your business, what would you have told her? Like, what would you want
1: her to know? Everything that I talk to my clients about now or that I work with my clients on, probably the biggest one is like trusting myself, listening to my own knowing for myself. But it also makes sense why I didn't, right? I explained all of these things that got me to the place of starting my business. But just because I had done so much work doesn't mean that I had been able to release all of that belief that like I didn't know what I wanted or that I couldn't know those things for myself. I did, I always have known, but I have taken in so much external information and um, allowed myself to base my own vision of success on what the world has told me it should look like. That has taken so long for me to chip away at I'm finally free of it. But it took a long time. And again, I wouldn't really change anything about my story. But I would love to like talk to my old self and say, like, stop, stop taking in all the information. Stop spending all this money on people that don't know your business the way you do and just trust for yourself what you want what you need. And do those things. Because those end up being the things I've mostly done that have helped the most. And so yeah, yeah. I wish I would have been able to do that sooner for myself, but it, you know, again, it's all part of the journey. It's
0: part part of the journey. It's part of what got us here. I always think that too. I'm like, all right, if I would like, there's so many things that I've done to, you know, get myself that next level. I felt like, and I'm like, when I look back, I'm like, I could have taught that course, or I already knew this stuff. Like, why did I, why did I spend, you know, the money to do this different thing, and. Knowing that like the things that did work, like I wish I would have doubled down on like the one-to-one coaching and the support, you know, and masterminds where I was really getting the next level support I needed versus like some, you know, random group programs with big name people that, you know, never actually showed up in the program to start with, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's a whole different conversation, but it just shows like when we really pay attention to like what the type of support we need and how we need those things. We can call those things into happen. Like we can call in the people that we're meant to add to our team. We can call in the people that are the right clients for us to work with. That we're really going to be able to support and you know help them level up. And I know so much of the work that you do, and helping you know the CEOs as well as their team members, like really trust their their confidence, trust that they're doing the right things. Give them the, and you're giving them the tools to really help them amplify that and move them in the right direction. So I know. As a fellow coach, I know how important it is. (laughs) So what does success mean to you? Like, what is success?
1: Oh, it's so good. But for you, because it could be a lot of things. And in the past, it's meant a lot of different things than it does now. Because for me right now, it just means, am I able to be fully present in my life? And by being fully present, am I able to appreciate what I have in the moment? Right, and not in that like icky gratitude way but like just can I be where I am right now, and not worry about anything, you know, and that's really hard for me so I'm not successful all the time but like ultimately that's what success looks like it's not really about the money. It's not about anything it's about being able to just be in the moment and be really feeling fulfilled. To get to that though some of it does mean being able to really express my talents. in ways that feel good, which is really what the coaching now is. Like, I am finally doing work that feels truly fulfilling. Like, it feels like what I'm meant to do. So, that is part of being able to be present and experiencing joy in the moment, but also learning how to let go of a lot of the other stuff, the worry about money or the worry about, you know doing everything perfectly or the worry about how I look, just the worry about all of it. Like I wanna be able to just release all of that so that even if nothing else were to change, I can feel successful as long as I am really being present and, and soaking up the joy that like life is. <laughs> life is just joyous, right? If we can allow ourselves to let go of all the rest of it, just being here, breathing, like right now I can see out my window, I can see the beautiful blue skies, leaves are turning colors, there's a beautiful wind. Like if I can just be present with that, and soak it up and, and honor that like that to me is success and so I can't get to that space that often so I'm not as successful as I would like to be but I also love the idea of my vision of success not including any of the other stuff because that means that I can I have the potential to be successful at any time no matter what's going on
0: yeah without all the pressure of especially because like so I used to hear when I would ask this question and I don't, and I don't hear it on my podcast which I love, but success always was, well, I'm making X amount of money and, you know, I've got all these things going for me. And now like most of the people I talk to, like we've got answers, like what you just shared, where we just want to be present. We want to be able to give back to our community to support other people, to show up and be just a damn good friggin' human being (laughs) and not all the pressures that like the outside world, you know, has put us on, put on us and put us in that box of like, you should be making X amount of money and you should be doing X amount of things. And so I love just our conversation today about like fully really just showing up and being who you truly are, allowing yourself to like just be happy in the moment without the pressure of what everybody
1: else feels like that you should be doing. Yeah, I had all the things and the money and it didn't make me fulfilled. So now oh. it's easier to release that for myself than it used to be. Yeah, and so many people
0: are still looking for that that money piece. And like, yeah, we need the, we need the money. We need some money to like make the money. Unfortunately, money makes our world go round but we don't have to do it in an icky, sleazy, slimy way that makes us feel, you know, unethical or show up in a way like even, you know, in the online space, like so many people use so much marketing tactic wording. And I'm just like, ew, like, I'm not going to tell, I'm not going to promise my clients. They're going to make up six figures by next month. Like, ew, like there's no way, like none of us can promise that. I have some clients who get there and they do it and like they take off and I have other clients who, you know, it just doesn't happen for them. And it doesn't mean that they are any less than or anything. So that kind of marketing, I just feels like it just doesn't resonate And it. I'm so tired of hearing people talk about it. It's like, how do we stop talking about that and making that the big focus? Like if I see one more coach say, you could be a six figure coach if you just come take, take my two week program. I'm like, okay, good for you. Like, right. Like that's not happening.
1: <laughs> no, all it does is make sure, ensures that they will continue to be a six or seven figure coach yes. because they keep taking people's money right. whatever.
0: And yeah, in unethical ways, but
1: again, going off on a tangent.
0: So Becky, I want to ask you some rapid fire questions as we start to wrap up our interview today. And my first question for you today is, are you binge watching anything on TV or binge reading anything
1: right now? Um, I binge watch a million things (laughs) because my husband, I always have at least a few. So yeah, we're in the middle right now of British Bake Off, which is going on. And then I'm watching a show called Wrexham, which is about Rob McElhaney and Ryan Reynolds, who bought a soccer team or a football team in Wales. And it's the story of that. It's very interesting (laughs) to me, too, for some reason. That's I mean, awesome. and you know, Ryan Reynolds isn't bad to look at. So that also helps. <laughs> true,
0: true. I have not seen that one. I will
1: have to look for it.
0: <laughs> Is it
1: on? It's on Hulu oh. FX, but then on Hulu. So FX or Hulu. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. I love to ask because, you know, every once in a
0: while I get a free moment to watch something. <laughs> Usually it's after the husband and the kids are asleep. And then I'm like trying to watch something. And then I get halfway through
1: and I'm like, Ah uh, yeah <laughs> this one's it's nice because my husband and i both find it interesting which is not always the easiest thing because i don't watch any he likes the like crime drama stuff and i don't like to watch anything that gives yeah. me anxiety yeah no my husband definitely watches shows that i'm like yeah i'm
0: good <laughs> i'm like i'm gonna finish doing what i'm doing in the office he gets off of work really early because he goes in at like three thirty in the morning so he has his time to watch TV. And then when he falls asleep at like eight 30 and I get the kids to bed, then I can watch what I want to watch. So it works out perfectly. That is nice. Yeah. (laughs) And then how do you like to reset, reflect, recharge? Like when you just need some time for yourself
1: to like reconnect, what do you like to do? Where do you like to go? Easy this one's an easy one because I can't I I can tell I need it again. Once a quarter, I go to a hotel by myself for a weekend and do a little solo hotel retreat. I spend two nights. It used to be one night, which I discovered wasn't enough. So now I do two nights alone in a hotel and it is equal parts working, but it's because it feels good to get caught up on stuff that I wouldn't otherwise do, like writing just a ton of content or something that I can't always find the focus for in these broken up days. And then The other half of my time is just pampering the heck out of myself i give myself like four or five different facials in the two days that i'm there (laughs) pedicure i shower multiple times each day which i don't do i go to the restroom without a dog or a kid interrupting me i make myself food i'll buy myself like special little pastries or something i'll binge watch some sort of show that's maybe a little more girly feminine like insecure i watched i think the last time i was there binge watched a whole show I'm so lit up about it because I so need to go again. I'm an introvert. So I, I need alone time to recharge. I really need it. And I don't get a lot of it um, because I do have a six year old and I do have a now a puppy which was a really smart move I made this summer. (laughs) Um, And so like I don't get much alone time and I need like Lots of alone time. So that weekend will get me through at least another month or a month and a half <laughs> where I'm finally like, oh, I feel like myself again. I just need to get back to like, who is Becky outside of being a mom or anything else? So I highly, highly recommend it for introverts.
0: I love it. Yeah. Any opportunity to just get away, even just for a, a small amount of time can really shift our soul. I know it does for me. Even some, like sometimes even just for me, it's like just going out and standing in the grass barefoot in my backyard there's something about like just connecting to the earth
1: and I'm I'm
0: a a water uh, like my I'm a a cancer so like a water sign and so the beach my pool in the backyard even just taking a hot bath or a shower drinking cold water I swear if I need just like to recalibrate sometimes something as simple as drinking a, a large glass of cold water I'm like Oh like that. I'm
1: (laughs) I'm a I'm a Pisces, so I'm also a water sign. So I totally relate to the beach thing. I don't get to the beach enough. I do go like to walk my dog. I mean, the in between my hotel retreats, I would say going for a walk with the dog by myself is also nice. I do that almost every night. Sometimes the kids come, depends on their mood.
0: (laughs) But when they say no, they don't want to come, I'm kind of like, all right, good, because mama just wanted some quiet. (laughs) And then if you could go anywhere in the world on vacation where would you go and why besides your hotel because you're going (laughs) to
1: well no if it was vacation i would want my husband and my child with me because that's nice and special and honestly my kiddo hasn't had the chance to fly go anywhere international yet i kind of want to wait it until he's a little bit older so he might have some memory of it so it feels a little more like worth the time and money for them to actually have memories i mean if i could go anywhere i think we'd probably i'd love to go to australia because i haven't been and it's such a long flight that. like it feels huge to do, but at some point I'd love to do that. So and maybe New Zealand, Australia, maybe even Fiji at the same time. Hold the
0: koala bear. Bounce yeah, the kangaroo sounds heavenly. <laughs> yeah. And, and the water,
1: the water is a big part of it. So yeah. Like you. I want the beach
0: or yeah, the beach. Yeah, I would definitely love to go to the, especially because it's opposite of our like during our winters, it's their summers. So I'm like, we should just go for like a winter vacation at some point.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: I'm with you on that. And my last question for you is, what does attract and
1: stand out mean to you? Well, I mean, it makes me think of marketing. So it makes me think about standing out in a crowded marketplace and attracting the people that are, most ideal to you and i think inherent in attract standing out and attracting is also repelling because i think that if you truly want to attract the people who are the most right for you you have to repel the people who aren't and that's the part that i don't i think everyone loves the idea of attracting they're scared of repelling and i used to be i get it because it's like we're, we're told we're supposed to have everyone like us. And it's really scary to think I'm gonna repel some people. So for me, when I think about attracting, I actually really think more about repelling in a way, because I think that's the part where it means showing up, standing out to me means showing up and being yourself. But that means all of it, warts and all, like really showing up and being truthful about the whole journey like we were today, because that's gonna attract the right people. And it's also gonna turn away the people who can't, that don't like that. And it doesn't mean they don't like you, it just means that that story doesn't resonate and that's okay, let them go find the people who with whom they do resonate because the ones that do resonate with your story, the people who aren't afraid that I shared about like failing or my brother dying or you know personal things. Those are going to be the people who are going to really love me, (laughs) they're gonna be the ones that we're going to get along great I'm going to be right for them I can work with them I can help them they're going to listen they're gonna be receptive. So I don't know when I think of attracting and standing out I think of repelling. (laughs)
0: Yes, I love that you brought, I talk about that all the time too, because that that's the one piece that does help us stand out is when we get up on our soapbox and share our opinion, our views, our thoughts, even if it's, you know, we don't go crazy deep into it, but like our values, even like those are what are going to connect people. And some people are going to be like, nope, she's not for me. Like she said this thing, and I don't agree with that. Or they're going to think this is my person. I need to have a conversation with Becky. I need to talk, like we need to dive into this and really go deep and i would yeah. i i'm like if you're not repelling people you're doing it wrong like if you're not
1: i used to be people, so afraid to repel well, people yeah. that i watered everything down and maybe it got i think it got me more email people onto my email list it got me more you know it got that that initial part of the funnel yes it's going to attract more people but eventually they're going to say oh this doesn't feel like a good match and now i've wasted time and money getting people down to the bottom of that funnel to for them to only discover it's not a good fit where now i might have fewer but the people that come in they're going to be the right people because now i can't be more clear I, I i go out of my way to repel people now like i don't want people who aren't going to be a good fit my website like if you go to my about page right there is my story about having had an abortion and like writing all about that and my experience with abortion since roe i'm like i don't i I'm not gonna work well with people that don't share that particular value about choice For because I work with women and I wanna work with women who stand with me in these issues, it's just important to me. And, and when you sign up for my email list or all over my website, you're gonna find three statements. Abortion is healthcare, trans women are women, And black lives matter, and I say over and over again if you don't agree with those things we aren't a good fit that is absolutely repelling people and old me would have been terrified, but now I realize what happens with that is the people who do say yes, they appreciate that we share the same values. They appreciate that I'm not afraid to talk about these things that matter to them. They appreciate that I understand where they're coming from and those relationships are so much more valuable. So I just like, I can't, now I such, I'm so on the soapbox about repelling as well, but I used to be terrified. So for the people who are afraid of it, I get it, I get it.
0: When you think about it, I know for myself, I was terrified to repel anybody because my whole entire life I was trying to fit in. Like when I think back to high school, I was trying so hard to be like everybody else and to fit into this, like, oh, well, this is how we dress and this is how we do our hair and this is how we show up and this is what we talk about. And then all of a sudden I start a business and I'm like, well, I can't, I don't want to be like everybody else anymore. I need to like stand out. I need to find a way to separate myself. We can't all just be, you know, the same type of ice cream. We have to have, you know, some mocha almond. Um, budge, and we need some mint chocolate chip and we need like the Neapolitan, like we need all the different flavors because that's what makes us all stand out and really um, when we focus on that and we make sure our messaging is talking that way like it's c- going to attract all the right people and you don't have to get on a call with somebody thinking that they're the perfect client and then all of a sudden going oh like we do not align like this is going to be a really long six months or <laughs> yeah and if you're getting to that
1: I would say if you're having that happen a lot then that tells you something, right? right? It's a really good sign that you're not repelling enough at the start of that process. And that it is scary as it is, and I get it, I get it for all the reasons you said. I mean, I was terrified to, to repel anyone. But you you have to you have to yeah. and so like challenging yourself even if it's incremental because for me it's been incremental it's not like overnight i was just like oh i'm just gonna put it all out there it's been slowly i've been slowly like sharing more and being more real and putting more about my values until now i'm just in your face about it but you don't have to start with in your face but slowly mm-hmm. start to put your away towel in the water
0: yeah like say a little bit about your viewpoint on something And it doesn't always have to be like, you don't have to go into like big politic things. You don't have to go into big things. It could be simple things like just, you know, I respect time and I, you know, I show up on time and I, you know, like I'm five minutes early versus being, you know, 10 minutes late, like those types of things, right? Like just letting people know like this is who I am. This is how I show up. This is what I want the relationship to look like will change how you work with your clients. Because I remember I I have, I can only think about one time in my 16 years in business, where there was one client that I, you know, was early on, and I did not like. There was there were red flags when I looked back, like during like the pre before we you know decided to work together, and I was like, oh, if I would have known what I know now, I'm like, watch for those red red flags. Like know that those are things that are gonna make the relationship really hard to work in. And I don't have that problem anymore, thank goodness. But I know it's it's something that you know it takes time as you develop your business. You start to see things. And you're like, oh, this is that type of client probably not a good fit. I'm going to refer them off to somebody else because I know long-term it's not going to work. But Becky, I could talk to you all day because so much of our values are so in alignment (laughs) and we could go down all kinds of rabbit holes, but I'm going to pull us back up um, let people know how they can connect with you because I know people are going to want to reach out
1: and learn more about you. Well, for the time being, I'm still on some social media platforms, but I'm hoping to slowly like walk my way out of there. But you can still find me on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Twitter, and they're all just my name. So Becky Mollenkamp. But the best place is probably my website because that'll still be there no matter what's happening with me in social media, beckymollenkamp.com. And on there, you'll find lots of resources. I have a quiz that you can take if you want to get onto my email list or if you just want to find out which golden girl you are. (laughs) I use golden girls to help people identify where they're at on their entrepreneurial journey or on their leadership journey. Um, So anyway, go to beckymollenkamp.com and you can find all of that there and whichever social media platforms I'm using.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Becky, for being here. All right, everyone. That's another wrap of the Attract and Stand Out podcast. And as always, remember, I believe in you. You're allowed to stand out. You're allowed to shine. You're allowed to be you. I'll see you next time. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. If you love the show, leave a review and subscribe on whichever platform you're listening on. It would mean the world to me. As a special thank you, I want to offer you a free gift, my Uncover Your Niche workbook and video training that helps you become unforgettable to your audience. You can sign up at DarleneHolly.com. I look forward to seeing you all next week. In the meantime, have an amazing week and we will talk soon.